0: So the staff was giving me a hard time already this morning thinking I was going to do a little stint of the village people or something, a little YMCA action up here and that. But actually, because it is Labor Day weekend, and as was already mentioned by Deanna, that we are going to focus on this whole idea of our labor because it matters. You know, Labor Day is dedicated to the social and economic achievements of your work i mean it constitutes this yearly celebration where actually we rarely do focus on work we focus this weekend on play right but your work has strengthened has provided prosperity and well-being for this nation and so what you do or what and it mattered It was sort of funny when COVID first hit and there was the stay-at-home order where everybody was at home, nobody was no longer maybe at the work setting, at least the majority of people, and they were no longer around their co-workers, our marketing and communications gal, Kelly Larson, put out this question on social media. She said since none of us are working with coworkers right now pretend your kids are coworkers and tell us what they are doing right and so people were you know chiming in they were saying well my coworker is punching another coworker you know my coworker is throwing a tantrum on the floor you know my coworker is telling me that I'm not a very good dad you know my coworker just pooped his pants you know, my coworker is sitting in the corner sucking her thumb with her blanket right now. You know, and this whole idea of like working around our kids at home and, and sort of this idea of co-workers. But it's interesting that over our 50-year roughly span of work, we roughly work 100,000 hours. Matter of fact, on a day-to-day basis, you recognize that a third of the day is consumed by our work. And so it matters. And so since we spend so much time working, I think it would be important for us to understand and look at the biblical view of work. I think it's important because oftentimes we, even as Christ followers, are influenced in the way we think of our work through cartoons, through our co-workers, through, like, sitcoms like The Office and that, and we allow it to shape our view of work or our attitude towards work. Sort of like this statement here. My boss told me to have a good day, so I went home, right? I mean, it's just, it's like, hey, if I'm, if I'm going to have a good day, I want to be at home, not at work, right? This attitude. But your work matters to everyone, and as Christ followers, our view of work should be God's view of work. In Romans 12, 2, the Apostle Paul gives us this challenge. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. So we should be thinking differently as we follow Jesus when it comes to our work. That's how it should be. As followers of Jesus, we should think differently about our work. So even though it's not Tuesday yet, because hopefully most of you have tomorrow Monday off, I want to talk a little bit this morning about the theology of work, or in a different sense, the spiritual approach to work. So I want to start off by talking about work as part of creation, not as part of the curse. Work as part of creation, not curse. We see in Genesis 2:15 and Genesis 3 this whole idea of work and how it's part of creation and not really the curse. You see God created Adam and Eve and thus us to work. He created Adam, and first off, he put him in the garden to work. Now, some Christians, whether consciously or unconsciously, think that work came with the curse. But really, work came with creation. When the curse came in Genesis chapter 3, when man decided to tell God to shove off... That is when the curse was initiated upon the earth, and that curse impacted every aspect of life, including our work. And in Genesis 3, God states that work now would be more difficult. So to reiterate, work is not a result of the fall. It is the difficulty of work in the fallen world that is emphasized. So, when it comes to our day to day work, God didn't give it to us as a curse. It is part of the created order. So, it is normal for us and it's important for us to work. Now, secondly, I want to talk about then as work as imitating the image of God. Okay? So, first off, God works, we work. God works. So we work. We see in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, we work because we are created in God's image who worked. Here's God, the creator at work. And the apex of the activity is the creation of humanity, you and I, in his image, in his likeness. So to the newly minted man and woman, he gives these two tasks. Is, hey, listen, govern and rule over the earth. And so God as a worker created us to reflect his image to be workers as well. But in... God, we see two forms of workers as we see today. We see a blue collar worker and we see a white collar worker. So we see God as blue collar and also white collar. You know, Adam was given the physical task of going out and working the ground, working the garden, right? And bringing produce of food, but also beauty from the garden. And that was this labor, this blue-collar-like labor. But there was also this white-collar approach to what God assigned him to do because God assigned him to give names to all the animals. And this was intellectual. We know in Hebrew, in the Hebrew culture, when one person is given a name or something is given a name, there's deep meaning behind that name. So Adam had to study the animals in order to give them an appropriate name that would parallel who they were, and so it took study, it took intellect, it took thinking, and so we see that God has produced in us blue-collar side and white-collar side of who we are, and so God works, we work. God is both blue-collar and white-collar, and Next, God, we see in Scripture, delights in his work. If we start all the way back on Genesis 1, you know, when he created the heavens, he said it was very good. When he created the earth, he said it was very good. When he created the waters and put boundaries on it, he said it was very good. When he created the the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and those things that crawled along the ground, he said it was good. And when he created you and I... Then he said it was very good. God delighted in his wording work who do not delight in their work at all. They view it as a curse. They wake up saying, oh, I got to commute to the curse, right? This whole idea. But God calls us to delight in our work because it matters to others. I remember visiting an individual here at New Hope who was working on the Bell Museum down at the University of Minnesota. And he's an ironworker. And he was talking about how he was working amidst incredible craftsmen and incredible artists that were doing all the artwork down at this Bell Museum and all this creating. And he said, It's amazing to work with those people and just watch their skills. And I said to him, I said, well, don't you realize that you're one of the artists there? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm just a metal fabricator. I just shape metal and all that. That's art. I mean, that matters. I mean, if you don't do what you do, that place doesn't run. What you do matters. It is art just as what they're doing is art. And it like was a total paradigm shift because daily he would go to work and he says, man, what I do doesn't matter. But what they do, whoa. But the reality is it all matters. The light in your work, the light in your gift is Deanna talked about. So we are called to imitate God because God is a worker, right? So God works, we work. Some people work blue collar, some people work white collar, but we are called to delight in our work because it matters. I remember a couple of years ago, I challenged the people at New Hope to appreciate those who serve them. So when you're going to a restaurant after this, or you're going to run into Kohl's or to Fleet Farm or whatever, when you're walking around, appreciate those people who are serving you during this day. Or maybe aren't going to have off tomorrow in serving, and I said, show them a compliment, maybe uh, give them a bigger tip or whatever. And I remember a friend of mine, Jeff Cheney, thinking of that time that I talked about this, and his garbage individual, garbage man, woman was pulling up to pick up his garbage, and this thought came to him, and he ran out, and as they're loading his garbage, he pulled out and he gave him a game of twenty. And he said, Hey, I just want you to know how much I appreciate what you do. Because it's an amazing thing, right? I put out all the garbage of my life that I accumulated in one week on the curb, and I come home and then it's gone. How awesome is that? Huh? Who doesn't like that? I like that. And the person that this guy was dumbfounded. He's like, no, no, I you know, no, seriously. I was like, like, dude, who are you? What you know, nobody nobody tips me. Right? Man, it matters. So we should delight in our work. It makes a difference, right? And then we see as we imitate God in His work, it says that God rested from His work and He calls us to rest, right? The theology of work in the Bible has set alongside the theology of rest in the Bible. God worked six days, and on the seventh, he took rest. He took Sabbath. And part of that rest was for probably recreation, but the other part is for us to worship God and to be with him as we are this morning. And so when it comes to our work, our work is not a curse. It's part of the creation. It's part of who God knit us to be. We need to work. We need to work. It's important. Why? Because we're imitating, ultimately, the image of God, which we were created to reflect. And so I just want to end here by looking at work defined and talking about different aspects of how we view work. And so oftentimes, we view work as, is it only paid? You know, when we talk about work, typically we think about work as only being paid, right? Right? But what about individuals who are volunteering? What about those stay-at-home mom or dads that are cooking, cleaning, taking care of kids, uh, figuring out the social calendar of the family for the week, whatever it might be? Are they not working as well? And so God values all work. All work, whether it's paid or not paid. Because in our world right now, we just sort of view work as that which is paid. But it's both and. It's all things. And then secondly, so often we tend to, even as Christ's followers, compartmentalize our work. So is it compartmentalized? And I want you to hear this. Many of us live compartmentalized lives. Many Christ followers live as if life is divided into two disconnected parts. God is one spiritual dimension and work is, is in the other real dimension. And the two have nothing to do with each other. God stays in his corner of the universe while I go to work and live my life. And these two realms never intersect. This is an improper way to view life as divided between the sacred and the secular. All of life relates to God and is sacred. Whether we're making a business presentation or changing a soiled diaper, it doesn't matter. It all is to the glory of God. Deanna mentioned the verse earlier, 1 Corinthians 10 31, right? So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so whatever you put your hands to as far as labor or as far as work on a day-to-day basis, do it all to God's pleasure, to put a smile on his face. So how we approach our work matters to God. It's important. And so it's just not paid work. It's all of work. We shouldn't compartmentalize our work. And then see third, We shouldn't view some work over another, right? Not one over another. You know, they say sometimes the projected idea is that if you were really serious about your faith as a Christ follower, you would be a missionary. I mean, if you weren't so serious, you'd be a pastor. But then beyond that, everything else really doesn't matter. Or are you really following Jesus? You know, this whole idea of like one person's work is more than and important than another person's work. But this is complete misunderstanding of biblical teaching about our work and our vocation. My work is no more important than your work, or my work does not bring more glory or pleasure to God than your work brings glory and pleasure to God. That's just how it is, right? Yeah, you may say, well, pastors and missionaries have this calling. Well, so do homemakers, so do engineers, so do teachers, so do people who are checking us out at Walmart. We all have this call to be workers and to serve one another to the best of God's Given abilities to us, the giftings that we have. And it matters. It's important. I like what Martin Luther said about this. He said, The maid who sweeps her kitchen is doing the will of God just as much as the monk who prays. Not because she may sing a Christian hymn as she sweeps, but because God loves clean floors. The Christian shoemaker does his Christian duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes. Because God is interested in good craftsmanship. It brings him glory. It brings him pleasure in everything that we do. And so when it comes to our work defined, man, it's not only paid but unpaid. We can't compartmentalize One person's job is not more important than another. Thus, the example about the individual who picks up our garbage every week. What if that wasn't the case? Man, we would have pole sheds full of it in our backyards, right? And a couple other ideas here I want to touch on is, D, that work is not our ultimate identity, right? So often when we ask somebody, well, you know, what do you do? He said, you know, our identity is like, well, I am a teacher. I am an engineer. You know, I am a, a, a labor contractor or whatever, and, and this is our identity. And sometimes when people retire or move off of that main part of work, they have a hard idea or, or struggle with like, okay, who am I now, right? Who am I? I don't know who I am. I mean, work fulfills, obviously, a portion of our nature, It's a part of who we are, but we can never be fully satisfied as it to be our identity. You know, it's not a sum total of who we are. Why? Because beyond work, we carry so many other attributes of God. God ultimately, in his word, calls us his child. That is our ultimate identity. Regardless So if you're having a bad work day, we can always remember that, hey, regardless, I am God's child, right? He says in his word, "We are more than conquerors." He says in his word that we are created first off, not just to work, we are created for relationship with him and relationship with others. And so often we forget that, and sometimes we get into this work mode and we leave our marriage or we leave our family. Behind because our identity is so wrapped up into it. But our identity ultimately falls in what Jesus says about who we are, and we are a child of God. We are saints. We are more than conquerors. I mean, we sit at the right hand of Jesus when we are Christ followers. That's where we start our commute from on a Monday or a Thursday or whenever we go into work. It's from the heavenly realms that's our identity. And the last thing I just want to touch on is this whole idea, is work done when we hit 65? You know, is it over at 65? I mean, this attitude has resulted in an unbiblical view of retirement as a time where we end working, right? Well, nowhere in the Bible does it talk about this idea of retirement, And oftentimes in this country, the view of retirement is, hey, now I can stop working and I can become a greater consumer. And it can be all about me. But we see in God's word that he challenges us in that. That, yeah, you may lessen what you are doing or do something totally different, but it's not this idea now that, hey, I've put in my time and now it's all about me. We are still to recognize And to serve others and to utilize our gifts. And so I challenge those who have retired to seek out how God wants to use you in these days. Because you have incredible education, incredible life experience that you could pour into others couple of my brothers were up a couple weeks ago visiting with their spouses and that. And over the years, I've challenged them because they both retired early. They were able to do that and they've played a lot of golf and they've uh, went to the gym a lot and they hang out and, and vacation and that kind of stuff. But I've challenged them in what they're doing overall with their time. And my one brother, I challenged, and I said, listen, you live right next to this school. You could be in helping kids learn to read. Why don't you utilize your knowledge, your basic knowledge, and help kids learn to read? And so just this last year, after three years of talking, he started to tutor kids in reading and loves it enjoys it. My other brother had a very successful business. I said, why don't you take time and mentor young entrepreneurs like yourself when when you are young and trying to figure out business and, and work into doing that? And he's volunteering and he's pursuing that piece. But this whole idea of like, man, we have so much to offer those who are coming up behind us. Even just to get together and encourage them and say, You rah rah, you can do it. And these are hard times and way to go. And so, when it comes to this whole idea of Labor Day and and rejoicing in labor and, and how God has given it to us, I just want to remind us that hey, it's part of creation. God intended us to work, and it's good, it's not a curse. We are to work because God works, and we are to reflect his image of work. And we need to be careful on how we define work as Christ followers. It should be a biblical view of work and not a secular view of work. You know, I don't think as christ 's followers, we may even before Jesus comes get to this point of where maybe we would change t g i f thank god it 's Friday right to where even in maybe our lives it would become t g i m thank god it 's Monday i don 't know that might be a huge leap except for Labor Day right thank god it 's Monday right because we don't have to work tomorrow right so that so that works out for us right. But I wanted to challenge you in your view of work. And I wanted to thank you personally because all that you've done in your work has served me. And if you look to the right and to the left and in front and back, it has served everyone else in the room as well. And so we have much and delight in. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for work and the importance of it in our lives thank you for the biblical perspective that we can rejoice in our work because it matters regardless of what we do it matters and it serves others and so i praise you and thank you and pray your favor and your blessing over all the workers out front in jesus name amen